Hello, everybody, and welcome to Who Are You and What Do You Do? As always, I'm your host, Chris Golian, and today I'm joined by Chief Building Official James Erencar. James, it's nice to meet you. It's nice for you to stop in. It's nice to be here. So uh, we'll get things started, um, and, you, and you'll have a fun answer to this one. How long have you been uh, with the city of Brunswick? Oh, about six months right now. <laughs> started June 5th. Yeah, so still pretty new. So obviously you have not been with the city long. Uh, but uh, so, like I said, we'll just get into it here. Um, what's that six months been like? Oh, I think it's been it's been great. I got to I got to admit that. I mean, people have been fantastic. They've been helpful uh, to know as much as I know now wouldn't have been possible without the help of Drew and Grant and everybody else in the building department. Uh, they really allowed me to learn the process of Brunswick because it's slightly different than other jurisdictions uh, much quicker. Well, that's really great to hear. Always like to hear that great collaboration and teamwork. Um, you know, you just talked about it there. Uh, have you worked for any other cities or businesses, and, and what were those experiences like? Um, I My past employment was through the city of Richmond Heights. I worked um, privately for other uh, for other companies. I've actually worked overseas in Aruba. Oh, wow. I was a project manager in Aruba for, for a bit of time, which was kind of a... It's a unique job uh, building timeshares and and uh, up and uh, up towers. Um, so that was a, an interesting project. Uh, I was going to say, is there a lot of carryover from Aruba to Brunswick, other than you know being a lovely place to be? Uh, not really. It's a whole different code. It's a, our codes are are based on the states, right? That was an international code. Uh, based on the Florida code, <laughs> this is based on Ohio code. So it's a little bit different. More hurricane issues down south. And it just pro- it probably doesn't get as cold there either. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, 83 degrees, 85 degrees, and sunny pretty much every day. Yeah. But other than that, not much of a difference. <laughs> no, no. Besides that, not much of a difference. Um, so, you know, chief building official, what, what all does that entail? Um, uh, essentially, it's risk assessment, right? So we assess the risk of buildings and the potential hazards uh, that go along with that. Um, for example, if you have um, an A2, for example, right, uh, they're at a higher risk because they're serving alcohol, so there's more stringent requirements where you'd need a sprinkler system versus a, a residential home, right, which doesn't require a sprinkler system and only has potentially around 10 people max, whereas an A2 will have, I mean, could have, you know, 500 people in that building. So that's a higher risk, and that risk uh, gets more restrictive in the code for protection of human beings. I mean, to make sure, and allow them time to get out, essentially, without harm. And that's that's interesting that uh, there's that difference between uh, commercial and residential, and even what type of commercial. You know, you were talking about you know a place of, of big gatherings or you know maybe a smaller size business. It all has a lot of different variable to it. Correct. How many exit doors? Uh, that's a big one. And how many human beings? How many people are in the building? And whether it's below ground or above ground, there's so many so many variables that go with the risk assessment portion of this. So we collaborate with architects, engineers, 
and designers on a regular basis. I mean, it's really a collaborative effort. We try not to be restrictive. We try to work with designers, developers, and contractors, not be, you know, just kind of educate them, right? This is where you got to be. Most of the designers are, I mean, they're, they're well-educated. They know what they're doing, most of them. Uh, there's not too many that don't know what they're doing. Um, so we just work together and try to, you know, solve problems and, and essentially define that risk, right? Define that risk uh, appropriately. And, and so that's interesting and kind of will lead me into this question with, you know, what, what, how did you become interested in, in this type of uh, job and this line of work, so to speak? Well, um, I come from a family who was business owners, pushed to drive your own business or start your own business. Uh, my father had an, an industrial business, a parts manufacturing business, which I worked there. Uh, but then I got a job outdoors when I was... I don't know, 15, 17 maybe, and that was it. I mean, once I got outdoors and started working outside, I just said that this is it. This is what I want to do, and um, and that's what I that's what I've been doing ever since. I drove my uh, I everything I've done has been regard was been around construction. After that point, not that I didn't go back every once in a while and work when we were slow, <laughs> uh, but I did. Uh, but that's a whole different animal. The inside, where you have clocks and oil and loud noises, and you know that's not as good as being outside uh, when you have a beautiful day. Even if it, even if it's a snowy day, it's I kind of like it out there. You know, it's nice. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that as well. Um, so you talked about you know assessing risk. So I guess that leads me to ask, what type of training have you done or do you do on a regular basis in order to be able to, to properly do that to so many different structures? Um, well, it's a lot of education, right? I have a lot of education. Um, I have a civil engineering technologies degree, so that helps you along where'd with you, all the you go math. For that? that was at Lakeland. Um, okay. And so we have that, but we have continuing education through the state. They have to be uh, state-certified um, education. I go beyond that. I do education on my own. But it's all about um, navigating the code books, understanding the code, and understanding the concept of why this code is in place, right? Kind of having a mental picture of why that's why do we need sprinkler systems when you have 200 people in a building versus why you don't need one when you're in a residential building, things like that. But, it's, um, but I'm certified in all the fields, right? So electrical, plumbing, building, residential, uh, commercial. So I have a lot of continuing ed, and um, it, it takes a lot of time. And throughout the year, there's, we're constantly at continuing education classes once a month, special education from the state, um, just our, our own, like our certifications are expiring and you need to catch up, you need 15 more hours of continuing ed, and, um, and that's where we, we learn. And I've been doing this for quite some time, so I've kind of walked right into it and kind of understand it um, maybe differently than some people, I guess, because I've been, it's really been something I've been doing almost my whole life. Mm -hmm. and. And even with that that education, you were talking about why those things. I'm sure that that helps in just explaining, uh, you know, the things that you're looking for and why. Because you can understand and explain the why behind it. You're not just 
telling somebody, this is what you got to do. I mean, like, this is the requirement. No, 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 this is a requirement, but because of this. And so I'm sure that that helps with with all that collaboration that you have to do for any given project. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a show and tell. If somebody challenges me and says, oh, no, no, you're wrong, I'll say, okay, wait, <laughs> let me show you, okay, I'll show you the code section, let's define it together, right? Let's assess the risk, right? Because that's what we do, assess the risk. Because some of those requirements can get pretty expensive. If you're required to put a fire alarm in, if you're required to put a sprinkler system in, they try to avoid that. So, um, because that can be very, very costly. 16000 20000 on an average job. Um, it could be 70000 150000 for for bigger projects. So, it's a significant, right, significant cost. Mm-hmm. So I always like to ask this too because it, it always you know warrants a lot of interesting responses. But you know what is what does your typical day look like? Is there even such a thing? Well, first, uh, my typical day is that I first review the emails, <laughs> try try to prioritize, right? So we look at for some maybe there's something that happened, right? It could have been a fire from the fire department, a total fire, which we may have to look at because the structurals in, uh, may collapse, right? There might be some issues uh, with the adjacent properties, um, but we'll do that. Um, I can, we look at uh, permitting, uh, certificate of occupancies, right? And that, that I have to address all the time, plan reviews, uh, which we go through, and then just the keeping up with the conversations because as a building commissioner, I have probably <laughs> at least 30 different conversations at different levels of, of uh, approval phases, right, that you have to kind of keep track of. So keeping um, multiple things in the air at one time is really, you have to be able to do that. And for me, I can, I mean, there's 12, 15 things going all, all the time, every day. So it's more of assessing the priority and um and that's the way I, I drive my day's schedule. <laughs> so uh, what is your uh, organizational system for that? Because of that, I mean, do you have, uh, I assume you probably have detailed notes in some respect, whether it's, you know, in a notebook, whether it's on your computer, or a little bit of both type of a thing. How do you keep, you know, 15 conversations? And that's just one one phase. That's not even the whole thing like nope. you just entailed. That's only just one part of it. Right. Yeah. So it's a combination. I'm hybrid, a little bit old school because of my age. So I do paper. I do uh, digital, right? I'm big, and everybody in the office knows about my digital thing, right? So it's the digital, the um, emails, you know, organizing your emails. Um, uh, but I have digital files that I, I know where everything's at, and I can recall that in a matter of really uh, 10 seconds, right? So if a, a particular architect calls about a question in a project, I can just get into my file system and say, okay, this is where we're at. These are all the docs, right? I have them all in there, including his approved, his second uh, second submittals. Everything is right there, so I can get updated uh, very fast. <laughs> And without it, I, I couldn't do it. To tell you the truth, you couldn't. You nobody could do it. You couldn't memorize or or recall off your memory this this amount of material or information that you need to recall. That one is a little bit self-serving. I always ask because as somebody who's trying to be more and more organized in my own life, so I always like to hear how other people approach those situations. Plus, it's just I mean, yeah, like you said, there's so much to it to be able to just uh, at the drop of a hat. I mean, would be virtually impossible. Correct. Yes, and some of the documents get pretty 
Um, we have an environmental issue that we're dealing with, a minor one, uh, but to read these uh, reports from engineers or environmental uh, companies is really, uh, it's not really fun reading. <laughs> it's <laughs> like reading a phone book. If it, a lot of people don't even know what a phone book is today, but uh, it's, it's really kind of dry reading, but you really have to understand it. So sometimes it's like a, a two reads on it because it's, it's always, there's always something new coming at you. Right, which is what I like about it, because I would be bored if if it was just the same old, same old. Uh, I like that kind of, I like the the different uh, problem solving. That was going to be my follow up. Is is that something that you enjoy about your position? Is that there's so many different things, and that it's not this this routine, so to speak, uh, each and every day. Yeah, I, it, for me, it's enjoyable. It's like, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's just problem solving, right? And that's kind of, you know, I, I like math, which is problem solving, right? So you like, I mean, so you like certain things, and I like to see the outcomes, right? So you're really helpful for people. You're solving problems. Sometimes the owners don't like the way you're solving the problems, but it is what it is, you know? Um, and they can challenge me at any time, but most of them don't because I'm pretty reasonable about things once we, we show them. But, um, but I like it. I like the problem solving. I like the different problems that come at you instead of the same, which would have been the manufacturing job, right? The same piece that you make 10,000 of these things, <laughs> right? It's, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is more of my alley. And so I usually wrap things up with this, and that, that leads me into it perfectly. Is um, what a, what is the fav- what is your favorite aspect of your job, or you know what's a particular project or something that you've been a part of that you're most proud of? Um, well, there's a few. I mean, uh, there's one that's currently um, out of planning from my past, which is Bell Oaks, which is a three hundred million dollar project that I was. Uh, involved with very very heavily from my past job um, which is just getting underway we've got all the buildings approved Uh, the mall is demolished except for the Sears building Um, so that's moving along real good but the process of approval there to transform and which is really the whole transformation of any kind of property could be two acres anywhere but to see the transformation of the property is really what drives me i like to see development i'm i'm a pro-development guy i guess right but correctly right i also want to i'm like a clean clean water clean you know i'm not just just right. don't just, just destroy the, the property you got to put it back in the correct way right uh but the, the bell oaks project is the biggest one i've been involved with other than aruba which was pretty big too that was 250 or so million which was a pretty wow. big number um so, um, but that is my, that's what drives me, is seeing from the ground up, I've done developments, and you can see just just raw earth turn into something really nice, and it, it's it's rewarding. Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine. Well, James, I really appreciate you sitting down to talk with me today and we getting to know a little bit more about what you do, so thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. Check out this episode of Who Are You and What Do You Do on bat.vibe.com as well as various podcasting platforms. Until next time, see everybody.